0: Welcome to the debut episode of The Year Was. My name is Aaron Thomas. I am in the basement of Jeff Hans. Is that that's how you say your last name, right? Yes. Okay, good. That would have been a bad way to start. <laughs> the Year Was is a brand new podcast brought to you by CoLab Digital. And here on this podcast, Jeff and I are going to sit down once a week, and we're going to pick a year in movies, and we're going to discuss that year in length and um, probably to nausea Um, we're going to have lots of different categories and things to talk about in this uh, year so we're going to get right into it welcome to the debut episode of the year was 2008 what a great year you
1: know you uh you mentioned 2008 as being a great year for movies and i didn't realize how great it actually was uh so in researching the movies that came out this year I was pleasantly surprised, and what's funny is, I was talking to my wife about this, that a lot of these movies seem like they're a lot younger than 2008, and I think it's because some of these movies I didn't see until they were on, like, streaming services many years later. I didn't see a lot of them in theaters. I mean, I saw a lot of movies that year in theaters, but a lot of them I just didn't see.
0: I think I had the same thought, but it was kind of a reverse in terms of, like, I saw it in the theater, because... I think full disclosure I that before we go any further I was in 7th grade. I started 2008 in 7th grade and uh, when 2008 ended I was in 8th grade. So I was young. So I saw a lot of these movies in the theater, but obviously at that young of an age it's going to have a different impact on you than it does now. So, you know, looking when I was doing the research and looking back on these movies, it's like, man, this is a really great year, and you don't you don't realize it until you look back on it and just yeah. See, it's, I it's, graduated it was a fun. in two
1: thousand six, so that was two years removed from high school. And what's funny about that is, at that time, I was living with my grandmother, so any like expendable income kind of went towards just going out to the movies. Mm-hmm. So just just by the sheer amount of movies that I saw in theaters this year tells you how much expendable income I actually <laughs> had.
0: yeah i was gonna ask because i know that you had talked about you and i had talked about before that your wife like in, early on in your dating you know when you guys were dating that you went to the movies a lot oh, so yeah. i was imagining you know doing the time math in my head like this is probably a time where you guys were going to the movies a lot so that was actually one of the questions i was going to ask you at one point was uh, you know how many of these movies did you oh, did you watch with her lord um
1: It was a lot. I mean, I I could probably run down this list and and name at least, I don't know, 10, 15 movies that we saw in theaters.
0: Well, we'll name them as we go along, and I think we'll probably name a few of them here in this first category. Uh, This first category is going to be called The Rundown. The Rundown is IMBD's 20 biggest movies at the box office in 2008. Before we go, just a guess. Obviously, I already have the answer, so I'm not, I don't have a guess. What is your guess for number one?
1: I would say Dark Knight had to be. And and that's just all the hype that came behind Heath Ledger's death. And people were hyped
0: up about Heath Ledger even being able to play the Joker character. Um not only you you're right and I think it's a pretty obvious choice when you when you bring if you just google search movies that came out in 2008 two of the big ones that come up that you're first going to see are Dark Knight and Iron Man so they're going to be the first two that pop out to you like yeah those probably make a lot of money so
1: Bond does traditionally well so probably Quantum of Solace did well
0: It is it is in the top 10 so let's um so we so we already know what number one is. Dark Knight was number one, five hundred and thirty-four million dollars at the box office. And you said it right there, um, the opposite of what happened to the Last Jedi. This movie was blessed by the death of Heath Ledger, as horrible as that is to say. Right. Um, a big part of why that movie was so successful was the hype around him playing that character, and then his death. And it's like, wow, guys, this is he's incredible in this. Right. right. And everyone saw that based on that, and. It was true, and then him being nominated for awards, you know, uh,
1: posthumously, it was like all every star that could possibly align for that movie to be successful. I mean, not only being a, a Nolan film, like it's just everything came together for that movie to be popular in the in the theater.
0: Yeah, it really it was just a it was a crescendo. <laughs> I don't know of all the nice things that happened, and it really kind of was a theme of that year too because. And we'll get on to this later on. Um, number two is Iron Man, and that made $318 million at the box office. So
1: that surprises me because that kind of kicked off the Marvel Universe. It and, did. It was the very first and, Marvel Universe movie. Well, I mean, technically the Hulk movies kind of were kicking that off. It was it was like dipping their toe in the sand and <laughs> trying to like figure out the whole yeah. universe. And um, it just kind of surprised me that Iron Man... Did as well as it did, being kind of like starting off the MCU.
0: It is. It was. I, I was surprised to see it at number two. I thought it would crack the top 10, definitely right. the top 20. I was surprised to see it at number two. I do remember seeing that movie in the theaters. I'm sure you saw that one yeah, in we theaters did. Yeah. too. Um, I remember seeing that in the theaters. It was awesome, super cool. Um, John Favreau, I'll say this till the end, is never will never get enough credit for what he did building that movie, building the MCU as a whole. I mean, I mean he's
1: influencing the Star Wars universe now. The man just has no limits. Exactly,
0: (laughs) and he did Elf. This guy cannot do wrong. Uh, Number three, I have this one simply written down as the Shia LaBeouf Indiana Jones movie. It made $317 million at the box office, and all of those people wish they could get their money back.
1: So I, that's one that I specifically avoided seeing, and I still have to this day not seen it. Oh, I've seen it but, once,
0: and it's... Oh.
1: But what's funny is my wife has seen parts of the original trilogy, but she hasn't seen them all all the way through. But
0: really? she loves Short Round. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. All the way around there. <laughs> Number four at the box office was Hancock, a really weird movie that I remember really liking at the time. It I don't think lives on well. Like I, I don't think it's it holds still- up well. So but we it-
1: usually go to sleep watching movies, like we'll instead of turning on like, you know, the news to go to sleep to or something like that, we'll turn on a movie and just leave it until the TV goes off and that's still one of those ones that i come back to every once in a while to watch really? so it does i think it has rewatch value
0: really maybe it's eh. just been a while since i've seen it uh 227 million at the box it office it surprises for me that it was
1: that high though i don't think that it was that quality of a movie to crack that high into the list
0: i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that smith. where smith where will smith was at his career
1: will smith being will smith yeah
0: and <laughs> This is probably maybe a year to 2 years after Pursuit of Happiness was oh, probably his biggest yep. film. Yeah. Um number 5, Wally, 223 million at that the box I, office. I absolutely believe that. Oh, and it's yeah. and it still holds up to this day one of the best movies. It's awesome. Um super fun. Doesn't make you feel good it's, at certain parts, but <laughs> it's <laughs> one of
1: my favorite Pixar films and there's not even a word spoken until like 35 minutes into the film so which cool. tells you how much you can do with just visuals and 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 a little robot that cleans up trash.
0: And particularly when something's aimed towards kids, because if that was aimed towards adults, a lot of us would be like, what the hell's going <laughs> this on? This is stupid.
1: Yeah. But if kids can sit there and watch a, a robot roll around in dirt for a couple of hours, I think an adult can. <laughs> exactly, or at least you should You should try.
0: Number six, another animated fo- uh, film, Kung Fu Panda, 215 at the box office.
1: So you probably aren't going to believe this, but I've never seen any of the Kung Fu Pandas.
0: I have seen like maybe 10 minutes of the original movie, movie but i played the video game through so i know what <laughs> happened in and the I, movie but i love jack black like, oh love yeah, him i mean come on um number seven a film that i think is safe to say that we neither of us have seen twilight 191 at the box office i
1: saw twilight not in theaters but over a friend's house i was hu- uh hung over <laughs> and i remember watching it to the point that Uh, Robert Pattinson uh, that's his name right yep okay Robert Pattinson is like I want to show you what I really am oh no and then he starts sparkling in the sunshine like glistening and he's all diamond plated or whatever the hell and I, I just remember at that point having such a bad hangover, turning over, I'm like, fuck this. (laughs) Just turning Is that a thing? Vampires,
0: they glisten in the sun? That's,
1: it's not a thing,
0: but it's a thing in the Twilight universe. (laughs) (laughs) Number eight is another animated movie and I think it's, um, I think this is going to be a trend we see a lot in this um, category moving forward. I think you're going to see a lot of animated movies in the top 20, particularly in the top 10 because uh, uh, parents love taking their kids to the movies and they love had to have an excuse for them to sit there and be quiet <laughs> uh madagascar 2 escape to africa 180 million at the box office if i've a, never seen any of the madagascar movies if i remember movies.
1: correctly the first one was extremely successful and it, i in part due to the cast because it's what like it's chris rock chris and, rock
0: schwimmer from yeah. friends and and i think that some other kind of
1: came from all over because of the cast being so diverse that a lot of parents were like oh i'm gonna go see it for this particular actor and i'm gonna take my kids because it's a kids movie yeah so it kind of like it hit all the right boxes
0: i will say this till the end if you can make a halfway decent kids movie that has two three scenes in it that adults will like it's a license to print money yes because you're gonna want to take your kids to the movie and when it comes out on dvd you're gonna buy it and as long as you've got some name to draw people in exactly it uh, the Missing Link with Hugh Jackman that came out this past year. No one saw it. It was awesome. Everyone's going to love that movie in 10 years. I'm calling it <laughs> now. Number nine, here's you, uh, James Bond, Quantum Solace. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Quantum uh, of Solace. Yeah. 168 million. Uh, I believe you could stop me if I'm wrong here. This is the second Daniel Craig, James Bond movie, right? I
1: can't remember if it's the second or the third, but I recently rewatched this. Not that great. Upon really, rewatch like I have. I've rewatched it a couple times, but um, it. Uh, I don't know. It just kind of falls a little bit flat compared to, especially the other f- films than this series. But I, I don't. I don't know. I loved it in theaters. Like I thought it was great
0: because you know it's Bond film. Yeah, but... I was. I'm not a. I mean, I, I've seen some Bond movies, but I know that you and Rob are much more Bond guys than I am. Yeah. So I was going to leave that one to you guys. Here's the uh, rounding out num- the top ten. In uh, the rundown, our last animated film in the top ten, Horton Hears a Who, one hundred and fifty-four million at the box office. Never saw watched, that.
1: I haven't watched too many of the the Dr. Seuss adaptation movies. So
0: one thing I didn't know, and I just saw this on a Watch Mojo video. Shout out to Watch Mojo. I love their stuff. Um, the reason they're all of the Dr. Seuss stuff now is animated is because the widow of Dr. Seuss hated the Cat in the Hat movie so much yeah. that they ref- she refuses to yeah, allow anything won't. live adaptation. They
1: won't license anybody to do anything with it because uh, he they feel that he ruined that.
0: It's it. I only feel this way because of the time I saw it because I think that movie came out when I was like thirteen and I was just obsessed with Mike Myers. I think that movie's hilarious. Yeah. number 11 sex in the city 152 million i think we can just move on
1: (laughs) (laughs) i I haven't seen it but i think that that primarily was successful because of the it was the timing was correct because the tv show was what it was two years removed or something like that at least and then it it just kind of was one of those things where they're like hey nostalgia we can go see our favorite
0: characters (laughs) i'm samantha Here's where I think is here's where I think was get really interesting because here's where we start to see our first original film. Everything else here leading up to this is either a comic book, it's an animated film that's Disney. Mm-hmm. It's like it's got some kind of built-in niche to it. Grand Torino, number twelve, 148 million. Now, I guess you could say Clint Eastwood is his own, like, oh, you yeah. know, institution yeah. and people see that because it's Clint Eastwood, but that is an original film and it's I think this is kind of the movie that put Clint Eastwood back on the map. He had had a little bit of a hiatus, made a couple bad films leading up to that, or a couple questionable films leading up to that, and then he's director and star in this one, and he just kills it. See? I haven't seen it. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome Believe it movie. or
1: not, I haven't seen it. No, it's on my list. It's definitely on the list of things to see, but... I just never got around to seeing it, and if I remember correctly, like the marketing for that around that time, it just wasn't there. There wasn't a whole lot of marketing for it. But then when um, the award season came around, it was like won a bunch of awards and stuff. Yeah, they pumped it up.
0: Oh, okay. I think, I think that goes in with what I was saying before. I mean, Clint Eastwood, it's just weird to think now. He just wasn't on a hot streak running into that movie. Right. I think that had a lot to do with it. Another one, um, it's become its own institution, its own franchise, and relaunched someone uh, as well in Taken. Number oh. 13, $145 million at the box office.
1: Now, that was one that had an excellent marketing campaign. Oh, yeah. And, and was just one of those like turn-your-brain-off action movies. remember that commercial. Movies. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was intense. And then afterwards, everybody making all the memes about, like, the, uh, the you know, hit, hit the phone call yeah. and all that. That just became a huge, like, phenomenon.
0: And it's funny. I mean, I this like I said, I was young when this came out. So Liam Neeson, to me, was Qui-Gon Jinn when I saw this. Right. And then now, you know, I, I know that's Oscar Schindler. So it's <laughs> like, it's so weird to think that, like, I mean, this kind of, like, relaunched Liam Neeson. He had a great resurgence after that. But he had had a tremendous career leading up to this, right. too. Uh, old man who kicks ass who would have known number 14 Mamma Mia 144 million I think we can just move on with this one too uh, number 15 I like ABBA music <laughs> 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 that's all I know Meryl Streep's in it that's yeah. all I know number 15 Marley and Me damn this movie Ugh. 143 million at the box office I don't see dog ops. movies anymore I don't watch no. movies
1: with a dog in it no uh, you know there's okay for those of you who do love pets and love dogs there is a website you can go to anytime you go to see a movie and you you have a, a feeling that they might kill the dog does the dog god! Oh it will god. tell you if the dog dies in the movie before you see it. So if you want to boycott the movie, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: I I I there's a running joke in my house that anytime there's a dog in it, I will not see it cuz you usually know that the dog's going to die. Uh, number 16 Narnia Prince of Caspia 141 million at the box office. This is the second Narnia movie. I never saw it, but the I book was awesome. S- I
1: saw the first one, and it was intriguing and a beautifully like orchestrated movie and and it was interesting i i had never read the books didn't really know anything about them going into it but the first one was great but i didn't have enough interest in seeing the rest of it
0: yeah i never i remember seeing the first one in the theater um i never saw the second one but the book was awesome like i said i uh will take it to my grave that the mr tumnan guy in the first one is oh, that yeah. the, the half goat i think it's that's um James McAvoy is a guy who plays that character in that movie. He looks like Johnny Manziel. You'll never be able to convince me otherwise. Uh, Number seventeen, Slumdog Millionaire, hundred forty-one at the box office. I never saw this. Everyone loves it. I Um, think that swept the awards that year. Yeah, that was an award darling. Um,
1: And I think it was just. I'm not sure. I liked it. I saw. I did see it, and I liked it. But I, I think it was one of those movies that was a big like. Character, character-driven, character-building, because it was essentially he's on this game show, and like they give you the whole backstory of how he got to that point in his life, and like he's answering the million-dollar questions and stuff, and and, and he's it doing it for a girl, you, right?
0: Like he's—I don't he's, really remember. He's—I think he's trying to get uh, her attention or something. Yeah. I can't—I
1: I can't remember the full premise, but so but he's—he they give you the the backstory of how he knows the answer to this question. So it'd be like, here's the question and then he answers it and then the smart. like goes back to here's his part of his life why he would know that. Yeah. Why
0: anyone would know that. That's smart. So it
1: was really great it was really well put together but I,
0: Sounds like one of those cute movies you watch once, it's like it's a one and done, you know? That's kinda how it was for me. I yeah. was like I don't, I don't really want to re watch it, but Here's uh, one that I definitely don't want to rewatch. Number 18, The Incredible Hulk. $134 million at the box office. For those who don't remember, this was the Edward Norton Hulk movie.
1: No interest in seeing it. Have never seen it. Do not care. Oh, it's terrible. It's so <laughs> bad.
0: And it, I feel terrible saying that because Edward Norton, Columbia, Maryland's finest. Uh, one of my favorite actors... And oh, I love Ed Norton! So glad I'm not that he watching forced, that hot garbage. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad he forced his way out of that Marvel contract because no more Ed Norton. We got Mark Ruffalo, and Edward Norton's done great things since then. Nineteen uh, wanted 134 million at the box office. I love this movie.
1: That was a an extremely fun summer movie.
0: It was great. Super cool. Yeah. Super cool. It's one of those ones, where if you see it... I believe that's based off of a book, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. I think it is. Most good things are. Uh, number 20, and rounding uh, out our list at $130 million is the Get Smart remake with Steve Carell and The Rock.
1: Which I've heard is real, actually really good.
0: Yeah. Everyone that I've ever heard talk about this movie says, it's like, hey, you gotta watch it. I know no one likes it, but it's actually kind of funny. Never
1: I've, seen I've it. I've heard good things. I haven't... It's not one that... Drew my attention.
0: It's like The Rock, I don't know what the year was in his career, but there was a year, like there's a a point in The Rock's career where it's like everything up to that year, you just don't want to watch. Like, I I don't know if he got a good agent or if he just started (laughs) picking better movies, but it was like, at some point The Rock was like, you know what, I'm actually going to stop making absolute garbage.
1: as cheesy as as they were, like I liked um, Walking Tall, but that was a remake from a movie in the 70s. Um I think this one was about like the drug dealers selling like cocaine or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I think in the seventies it was like some like the town was like someone in the town was selling weed or something. It was something like (laughs) innocuous, (laughs) (laughs) something white people don't care for now. Um, Something that's probably legal now. (laughs) Um, And uh, what was the other the uh, Scorpion King? Yeah, was
0: cheesy but still entertaining. Yeah, he kicks a lot of butt in that movie. Yeah. All right, well that's uh that's our um that's our top twenty list of movies at the box office. So you had number one, Dark Knight, five hundred and thirty four million, and number twenty, Get Smart, at one hundred and thirty. So it's crazy to see, you know, that's a that's a it's a big difference in money there, one hundred and thirty million to five hundred and thirty four million.
1: I'd be interested to know what the worst grossing.
0: <laughs> I bet you could find that. We could probably that could be a lookup on IMBD at some point. <laughs>
1: All right, where, we go? where do we go from here?
0: Yeah, as uh, as Jeff looks <laughs> that up, we're going to get into our uh, kind of sports categories here for this. Um, we got MVP, Rookie of the Year, Director, and uh, we're going to start with MVP. And- now, what
1: did you mean by MVP? Are
0: you talking about
1: director, actor, anybody yeah, it that could was be just anybody. the most in- influential person that year? Yeah, or year? just
0: who, you know, I kind of tried to look at it, you know, so... How I judged the MVP is at first I went to the Oscars page, and I went to see who uh, was nominated uh, for Oscars, and then I went to their filmography page and saw what other movies they had coming out, that, what other movies or films they may have been in that year or done that year, and uh, yeah, no, but I, I think MVP can be anybody. It could be a director, could be a uh, writer, could be an actor, Um Here in this episode, I have it as an actor, but here in another episode that we're going to record later on today, I have it as a director. So um, yeah, just I think whoever had the biggest year, you know, when you look at the whole year in movies, what uh, person stands out to you the most? And uh, I think this, once I say this name, it'll be pretty obvious to you, MVP, I had it between two people, and that's Heath Ledger and Robert Downey Jr. Heath Ledger for the Joker, uh, Dark Knight, obviously, and Robert Downey Jr. had Iron Man and Tropic Thunder that year. It's true. That's tough. I would go.
1: I would go as far to say Nolan, just because he was on a hot streak. He was putting together, orchestrating some pretty large talents in in Dark Knight, like yeah. to and put some together large set pieces and as well. Large set pieces, a lot of action, a lot of. I mean, the dude just has vision for that kind of stuff.
0: A lot of innovative stuff, too. Like, everyone's kind of seen who are huge movie buffs like us who have seen how he did the flip on the 18-wheeler. Like, that's all practical effects. Like, that was kind of stuff that was not really happening That at that time.
1: Hey, are are we going to do this CGI? And he's just like, nah, we're going to flip a truck. And, like, for somebody to come out and say that, especially in the advent of a time where, like, you know, we were talking about the... um, the uh, Mr. Tumnus. Those movies. Oh, Narnia. The Narnia movies. Yeah. Like, huge CGI everything. You know, and green a gu- screen and the whole thing.
0: And a guy who's not Steven Spielberg. Like, I mean, yeah. Nolan, like, we're talking about yes. this in 2019. This is 2008. Nolan is still building this world. I mean, he's coming off Prestige and Batman Begins. So, yeah. like, he's got some pull. And but he's he's not Steven Spielberg at this time. And yeah. now like Nolan walks in, he's like, "We're fucking doing this," yeah. and everyone's like, "Cool, sweet, I'm glad to be on your team." I mean, I've just like- loved everything that he's
1: done up to this point, so it's just like
0: that is a that's a great little uh, little throw in. The only and I I thought about him putting in there, and the only reason I didn't put him in there is because it's the only thing he did, and I just thought. With Heath Ledger, you know, this being, like, such a huge moment, and not just for him, but, like, such a huge moment for everyone. Like, everyone for who loved that cinema. movie, like, you just hold on to that I mean, cinema in
1: general, because, I mean, up to that point, I think everyone kind of knew him, you know, the, what was it, the... The last night, or what was that? Uh, or- he
0: did the Patriot, Ten Things I Hate About You, and um, he was also coming off of Brokeback Mountain at this point uh, as well. Okay,
1: yeah. So Brokeback Mountain kind of set the tone for what he was capable of. Yeah, and then leading off of that, going into a superhero movie and and just knocking and it out of the park, like
0: playing the Joker yeah. too. Like, yeah. It, I mean, people, it's 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 really difficult to think about this now because once again, we're looking at this in two thousand and nineteen. Everyone was like, dude, Jack Nicholson killed that. How are you going to do that? You yeah. know, and it's and like, even
1: Nicholson was like, "Watch yourself, kid." Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but I, I, you know, we're talking about Heath Ledger. I think we do want, do want to bring up Robert Downey Jr. It's, this is another one we're looking at it in 2019. It's really hard to look at it from those eyes back then. Robert
1: Downey Jr. in blackface. What
0: can I say? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and Iron Man, like Favreau had to go to bat for him to be Iron Man. Yeah. Disney, like uh, Robert Downey Jr. is coming off multiple it was not, drug charges. Not, like, not a Disney image. It you know, definitely was, was not far from. From being Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> honorable mentions here for MVP. A solid year for Brad Pitt, who had Benjamin Button and Burn After Reading this year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He was nominated for Benjamin Button, and he totally stole the show in Burn After Reading. Uh, this is the first and certainly not last appearance by Meryl Streep, who is in the honorable mentions as well, for Mamma Mia and Doubt, which is one of my favorite movies from this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, rookie of the year. This is, um, I think, going to be a tough... Category moving forward because it's kind of hard to figure out, you know, who, what actors are really rookies, you know. But I went with a little bit of a curveball here on Rookie of the Year and I just went for the Marvel Universe slash superhero genre in general because I kind of think this was the bomb
1: that exploded that. It kicked off and showed that you can adapt um, something that. Wasn't exactly the biggest draw as far as a comic book because Iron Man honestly wasn't a huge huge seller. I had for one Marvel. cousin
0: who liked Iron Man and I thought he was a nerd.
1: And and they had the show, they had the cartoon show, but that also wasn't like a huge huge draw. And so you're taking, I mean, look what they've done with um, Guardians of the Galaxy. That was a flop that was a commercial failure for for marvel but they brought out my grandmother's favorite superhero they bring out these (laughs) characters and they do it in a way that you've got you know big names playing these characters and you give them personality and you put them on the big screen and all of a sudden everyone's buying a rocket raccoon
0: toy (laughs) uh it i mean it's like it's like neil pert said in uh in limelight from uh in um the uh the Rush song. I mean, the real relation is the underlying theme. And it's it's the relation to these characters. And finding a way to relate to people in tights who are saving the world sounds kind of crazy. But, you know, Disney, Marvel, Christopher Nolan, these super geniuses have found a way to do it.
1: And what's funny is that I think that um, Favreau has a way of f- tailoring his movies towards the careers of the people that are in them. Because Iron Man, in a lot of ways, does mimic the life of robert downey jr doing these big grandiose things in a way that he realizes is not probably the best way to do it and then having a life-changing moment where he goes to jail he goes in the cave and then emerges out of this in in a a blaze of glory rise of the phoenix type situation so it's just it's crazy how all of that gets catered kind of towards the careers of these people he's working with.
0: I think that's one of the reasons Favreau pushed so hard for him because he knew that he was going to understand that arc probably better than anyone. I mean, it's like, I, I want an American cheeseburger. Like it's, Everyone knows can, that story.
1: Can we give uh, a- another MVP award to uh, Robert Pattinson from Twilight? And the reason that I'm giving it to him is because he took a chance on doing this movie and it ended up being a super popular series. A lot of cash in his pocket. And then from that has risen to, in recent years, some of the greatest acting that I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, and now he's Batman. (laughs) I I actually, I was about to get to the honorable mentions, and he was the first one I had here uh, for Rookie of the Year because I think Twilight was his first big break. Say what you will about those movies, but you cannot dispute what he's done since then. He is a tremendous actor. I think he's one of the best actors working right now, and he will be nominated for an Academy Award within the next five years.
1: Even if you want to crap talk those movies... Regardless of whether or not people like them in the general public, they were extremely successful, and people went out in droves to see them. A lot it's of like, cash
0: in the pocket. It's just like
1: the uh, what's the uh, the Fifty Shades movies. Yep. Horrible movies. Absolutely terrible. But people went out in droves to go see them.
0: <laughs> a lot of cash in the pockets. People forget sometimes. I think people forget sometimes. This is a business, and at the end of the day... Uh, the money is what matters most in the business. Uh, Dev Patel, who is the main actor in Slumdog Millionaire, he's another guy I have here as honorable mention for Rookie of the Year. Slumdog Millionaire really is first big film. He's had a couple really good performances since then. Uh, he was in a movie called The Lion, The Man Who Knew Infinity, which is another one, and he's playing David Copperfield in a movie coming he's out He's going to be uh, David soon.
1: Copperfield in a movie? Yeah. That's crazy. I like that, though. I know.
0: Isn't it interesting when I saw that? And uh, my last honorable mention for Rookie of the Year... Uh, Hurt Locker wasn't his first movie, but I think it was the movie that put him on the map, and that's Jeremy Renner.
1: And and Hurt Locker, if I remember correctly, won movie of the year at the Oscars. I'm fairly certain it did. And that movie really was a fantastic, intense awesome. movie. But what the con- point of contention, and this happens a lot with those types of movies, is that it was like a slow burn, mm-hmm. and people were like, there's a lot of air in that, and I didn't really like that. But it was a lot of tension building, and... Uh, you're diffusing bombs in the middle east so
0: (laughs) look i I think people who nitpick on that movie are probably just repeating things that somebody else has said to them because if you watch that movie that's not the stuff that sticks out to you it's the intense moments that stick out to you like when he's diffusing the bomb as you said like (laughs) that's that stuff's intense so here's a category that i know you're going to be interested in um director of the year i have that as coach of the year and i have for director your man christopher nolan dark knight um, Can't really argue with that, I'm sure. I'm sure idea. you don't want to. I had um, Darren Aronofsky. He, I have him in the honorable mentions. Even the wrestler <laughs> that year. The
1: wrestler. I thought, honestly, the, the wrestler was such an accurate... Portrayal, and this is what I've heard from other wrestlers that have retired and talked about the, the movie. Oh, and I've been to wrestling
0: shows like that. It's, it's such very, an yeah. accurate
1: portrayal of what it's like to be a former wrestler trying to continue on with that fame, and the only skills you have are wrestling. Mm-hmm. So you're blowing out knees, and you're breaking limbs, and, and you know, you've got terrible joints, but this is all you can do because that's all you
0: have. So. I uh, had a buddy who wanted to be a wrestler, and um, he told me he watched The Wrestler 20 times in a row just to make sure that that's what he yeah. really wanted to do. And uh, Mickey
1: Rourke, I'm incredible. not a huge fan of him, but that movie really made me a fan of him. Yeah. Like He wasn't a draw for me to go see that, but that was one of those movies that I'm like, I'm really glad I saw this. Plus,
0: Marissa Tomei, total babe in that movie.
1: A lot of people like Marissa Tomei, and I think she shows shows herself in a couple of movies. <laughs> I've never been a, a huge fan.
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, that's a hot take and a half. Um, so we have director of the year. You have Darren Aronofsky. Aronofsky? I had no Aronofsky. way I said that. Yeah, Aronofsky. 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 And I have Christopher Nolan. Some of my honorable mentions, I already said I had Darren there. I also have Catherine Bigelow uh, for Hurt Locker. David Fincher, who had Benjamin Button that year. Gus Van... I
1: forgot that Fincher did Benjamin Button. Yeah. And I, I forget that because it is it is his style, but I think the content doesn't feel like it would be his content.
0: Super weird. Yeah. You know, actually I, it's funny that it's you say like that him... because when I looked at his filmography, it's like boom 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 boom. Oh that stands out. Like
1: it's like him doing um the social network. How that marriage came to be, I have no idea. Like it,
0: I bet that was just something he was interested it in. It
1: was just so strange. Uh, but he I, I love his nihilistic look at things, and I think that Benjamin Button felt pseudo nihilistic, but ultimately kind of like a happier tone. It was it was strange. It was strange.
0: Yeah, it is. A, it. I like that movie. It is a weird movie. I remember uh, having to rewatch it to really enjoy it, though, and to really get it. I mean, uh, so yeah. Gus Van Sant had Milk that year, and John Favreau, uh, Iron Man. So yep. that's my honorable mentions for director. And uh, now we're here, kind of more into the personal stuff. I got uh, your personal favorite movie of the year. I have Dark Knight for my. I had Dark Knight. I yeah. mean, you have
1: to, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I think
0: if you're a superhero fan and if you really like movies, yeah, you kind of have to pick the Dark Knight.
1: That's one that I originally, this is going to sound weird, but I originally bought a Blu-ray player because I saw Avatar in theaters, um and the 3d and just how crisp and clean everything looked forget like the storyline and all that just the way that it looked I wanted to be able to mimic that at home so I bought a blu-ray player specifically for that that's cool and then um dark Knight being one of those films that I'm just like the sound of it was just so over the top overwhelming and just like hits all every sense even if it's just a sound it gives you chills um and I, I bought that on Blu-ray because I was like, I ha- this is one of those movies I
0: have to have on Blu-ray. It looks better. Yeah, It looks better. It makes a difference. Um, For those of you at home who don't think, you know, watching a movie at like the top, the it's best quality ever. You know, like it, it just makes so much of a difference. Yeah,
1: even just streaming something versus like popping in an actual Blu-ray. Uh, it, it, you don't really realize the difference until you
0: do it. Yeah, no, it, it really does make a huge difference. The Dark Knight, the first time I saw it, I was on a date with a girl and I did not really get it that much. I mean, I was like entertaining, but I was like, this is, I mean, you know, what's the hype? And then it wasn't until I saw it uh, later on, on DVD uh, with some friends where it's like, man, this guy, this is different. This is like, this guy's intense. Um, So the scene
1: where they're testing, it's totally unrealistic. It would never actually work, but they're testing the bullets. Like he's shooting in the giant Mm -hmm. gun into the concrete None of that works. But anyway,
0: (laughs) who cares? It's cool as shit.
1: The sound of that was like so deafening in the theater. And then uh, every time that we like play it at home, I turn that part up like super loud because I want to like recreate that theater experience of the.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure he couldn't just burn exactly half of that money too. But that scene is awesome (laughs) every time. It's like this town needs better class criminals. It's
1: funny that you bring that up, but everyone forgets who's on top of the money.
0: It's um, it's his henchmen guys, yeah, the Chinese, yeah, guy. the Chi- yeah, yeah, Wong yeah. or whatever his name yeah. is.
1: They put him on top of the money and then burn him alive, and nobody ever thinks about that.
0: Yeah. The Joker burned a man alive. He had no, rem- <laughs> he had he had no remorse. He had no remorse. And it, I, as I was going it's like the so first time I see it, you, you don't really get it. Second time, it's like this is awesome, and then it's just like it, it's one of those movies. It's years and years of years of watching it again and seeing different bits and pieces, and then talking about it with people. And it's like you really get an appreciation. And you of notice like, like the mirroring of like
1: the front end to the back end of the movie, and how like they they just mimic each other. And there's so many callbacks and things that you don't notice on a on a first viewing.
0: Yeah, it's it's really it's, it's honestly one of the most uh, perfect films um, made in my lifetime. So that's personal favorite. Here we're going to go into your favorite comedy movie of the year. And here I have a three-way tie. I couldn't just pick one. Uh, Pineapple Express, Step Brothers, and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. This year in particular,
1: and I, I didn't see all of these in theaters, so I, I saw these spread out over you know years past, but it had so many great comedies that Stacked. I still watch over and over today, um, but forgetting Sarah Marshall by far is just there's something about uh, the characters, the uh, I think the stars at the time, like where they were in their careers. It I don't know, it just works perfectly, and it's it's a hilarious and scenario. It's... And then bringing on, um, God, what's his name, Russell the, Brand? Yes, Russell Brand.
0: Having, having knew exactly where you're going. Yeah,
1: having not known who he was prior to that, and then being introduced this the eccentric best. dude that is like, I thought he was actually like maybe a British singer or something like that
0: that I didn't know about. It's why I starred that. I love Pineapple Express. I love Step Brothers. I saw both those movies in the theater at the same day. um I love those movies. Um, I have Forgetting Sarah Marshall starred, though, because that movie, it's just different. There's nothing else that I can think of that is like that movie. The eccentric characters... The different, I mean, Paul Rudd's guy, he's really a throwaway character in the movie, yeah. and he's probably my favorite character in the whole movie. I know, I mean, he's just there. It's
1: just so great that he's he's like, uh, uh this throw this, yeah, exactly, this throwaway character of somebody that obviously has gone on to do some really great things. He's Ant Man, like, yeah, but like,
0: he saved the world
1: that just and there were two pivotal moments within that film that he was a part of, but it was just like. Who who is this guy?
0: Jonah Hill too. I just forgot about him and his character. He kind really does nothing for the story. He's just super funny. Yeah, it's so much different. Everyone you know, Pin- has a
1: one-liner. It's just everyone's got something.
0: And I mean that no disrespect towards Pineapple Express and Step Brothers. It's just, you, you know, you've also, seen Will Ferrell be silly. You've seen stoner comedies. There's nothing else like Forgetting Sarah Marshall. You know, I I, I challenge anyone to a, tell me what's similar to a, that.
1: It's a thing all its own. I don't really know what I would say. If you've seen this, you would like yeah, exactly. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's different. Tropic Thunder,
0: too. I have that in my
1: honorable Tropic mentions. Tropic Thunder was what I went into that somewhat blind and what was so great about that was the pre trailer trailer trailers that they did, which we we totally got got yep. like in in the movie theater we were like
0: this is ridiculous is this
1: is this a real thing like we thought these were real trailers for stuff because it goes right into it yep and then um the tom cruise i was reveal. just about to say
0: the greatest cameo of all time
1: amazing and I the couldn't... fact that he, like, fought for that role and then, like, fought for the fat hands and, like, all the stuff that came out later about that character. Can you
0: imagine how nervous Bill Hader was to be, like, sitting next to Tom Cruise Tom in this? Tom Cruise. Yeah. I couldn't have done this without you. Really? <laughs> no, a fucking monkey could have done your job. <laughs> so funny. It's the best. It's, it's, one of, it's really one of the more underrated movies and...
1: I, and, and it was pushing the limits for its day, and now it definitely couldn't be a I thing that would be I was just about to
0: say, it, the only reason it's not looked at as one of the best is because Robert Downey Jr. and blackface doesn't age well, even though it's hilarious. Um, other honorable mentions for comedies, I think these are more um, guilty pleasures for me, Role Models and Semi-Pro. I love Role Models. Super funny. Why do um, kids do drugs? Because they're awesome. Semi- like,
1: that's one of the
0: best lines
1: ever. Semi-Pro <laughs> was all right. Yeah. Um, uh, you don't mess with the Zohan. I I actually like that a lot.
0: I have that in my guilty pleasures. I didn't want to spoil
1: it. I love that movie. Yes, man, is another one that I like a lot. Red, boo. Have you seen In Bruges? Um, I have. It's a but dark, dark only comedy. Bits and pieces. It's it's a little hard to get into, but like if you like, um, just really super dark comedy. It's I know
0: Colin Farrell's in it, so I like it. Yeah, he, he's um, one of my guilty pleasures.
1: Sex Drive is another one that we saw in theaters not really knowing too much of what it was going to be. Didn't really have a lot of big name people in it. It's got um a like cameo bit piece with uh, Seth Green mm-hmm. in it and that character is fr- he's Amish. Yep. That character's friggin' hilarious.
0: That was one of those uh ones that um somebody That I was friends with in uh, middle school and high school had that movie on DVD, and we watched that like every time I was at his house. I love it's a funny movie.
1: I downloaded a extended version of that. Really, it's like a it's meant to be stupid. They're like, do not watch this unless you've seen the original. Oh, okay. And all they do. Is add random naked girls running across the screen like not even done well. It's just like they'll put boobs and penises random places. What a and job! Yeah, it'll just be like.
0: <laughs> what a job, <laughs> Mom! I want to work in Hollywood. <laughs> um, action and thriller of uh, of the year. I Dark Knight. You know, we already had that for movie of the year so um that was pretty obvious for action thriller honorable mention iron man taken wanted those are all movies we already talked about here's uh three movies we haven't talked about defiance which is a daniel craig movie uh set in world war ii where um him and uh, his brothers they uh, save a bunch of jews awesome movie i remember seeing that at the senator with my dad super intense uh bronson is a tom hardy movie where he plays bronson that is an awesome movie
1: that is a very intense movie yeah and i i I mean mean, if you know the story of like the guy that's actually based on yeah it's not too far of a stretch of what the guy actually is which makes it even that much more the movie insane yeah yeah
0: it is and i think that is really kind of the movie that put tom hardy on the map he had been acting for a while in that movie he was actually in a star Trek movie before then but like Bronson, I think, was the movie where people was like, wow, this guy Tom Hardy is is legit. Here's a movie that I'm really interested to talk about with you. One of my favorite movies from this year and one of my favorite movies overall, Cloverfield.
1: Ooh. So this is interesting for a couple of reasons. Um, I don't know if you know much about the marketing campaign that came along with Cloverfield. I don't it remember was, it. it was I saw Cloverfield first, late. It was one of the first movies that utilized – Um, social media to advertise its film really so what it did is you know the whole story arc of like he's moving to japan because he's working for this company so they created websites social media pages and um, like all these accounts and stuff all over the internet to uh, make this fake soda company um, talking about they're doing offshore drilling and all of this stuff to kind of set up the premise of they're going to be drilling and this thing's going to come up.
0: So, this kind of all blends into the universe that, because like yes. people are always clamoring about the Cloverfield universe yes. that Abrams is. Oh, and is then cool. they created
1: social media pages for like a lot of the main characters to where it was like leading up to the film, he's like, you know, doing this, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to the, the, the Carney Fair, whatever, with my girlfriend. And that ends up as like part of the the tape that like gets overwritten where he's like on the Ferris wheel with her and stuff yeah. like that. So like leading up to the, the movie, like those posts were getting put on like his Facebook page and stuff. That's... I don't know if it's still up, but you could probably look up the information on it. It's probably on YouTube. And then it, like leading up to, it, it was like, Oh, I'm going to be bon voyage. I'm going to Japan in two days. And then it was like, the release was two days later of the, of the film. And then you kind of got like, you're wrapped up in the world That's because cool. like they created all of this, this, you know, this fake soda company and this, like, all this stuff. So That's they created, cool. they they create. It was almost like um, the modern version of what the Blair Witch Project did, where it's like you couldn't really fact check the Blair Witch Project because yeah. the internet wasn't like a really huge thing, and so you kind of had to do your own research and like, who's going to really do that at that time? Yeah. But then, like, since people were using the internet to fact check things, they kind of used it against people. To advertise the film, which that's was so a cool. genius marketing campaign, but it doesn't get done anymore. I
0: think that that's probably a big reason why that movie has lived on in such infamy and is as strong a universe. You know, it, you got uh it wasn't ten really, Cloverfield, Lane. yeah, 10 Cloverfield Lane and then the Cloverfield Paradox, which yep. is actually my favorite movie out of all. Three. I liked
1: ten, 10 Cloverfield Lane. I just loved um, the, John uh, Goodman,
0: Goodman yeah. is incredible in that movie. I just liked the I don't, I don't like anything time travel that is like, here's a mind fuck. Like yeah. Oh, sweet. You came up with something interesting. Um drama movie of the year I have doubt here. Like I said earlier, this is one of my favorite movies of the year.
1: I had a tie with The Wrestler and Milk, but go ahead with I haven't actually seen Doubt. So really? I don't I don't know anything about I it. I would
0: suggest seeing it. I remember watching it with my dad. Um couple years after it came out and i remember being really into it and my dad at the end of the movie goes you like that that was fucking weird (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's like you know people just look at movies differently because it is a movie about this person who thinks that a priest molested a child and it's it is all about the seeds of doubt and you can have an idea of what happened but until you know for sure, or you were there, you just don't know. Right. And it's a really, really awesome movie. Meryl Streep, Amy Adams, Viola Davis, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Go fucking see that shit. Yeah, like, a, yeah.
1: yeah like... I was going to say, you just uh, you <laughs> sold me on it just by naming people.
0: Yeah, everyone at home, go see that. So you had Milk and The Wrestler?
1: Yeah, The Wrestler I would pick as my best drama, just because it turned uh, an actor that I wasn't particularly keen on into somebody that I'd like immensely respected and and it, it, it just the accurate portrayal of what that life is like and and I, just the the struggle that he went through throughout the film of like picking up the pieces and then just dropping everything and just
0: I'm pretty sure Sean Penn won the Academy Award for Milk too for when he played yeah. the Harvey Milk. Yep. Josh Brolin in that movie as well, awesome performance by him, and James Franco is awesome (laughs) in that movie My buddy Dave
1: always gives me shit, and he says, you've never seen Milk, and I'm like, I've seen Milk. (laughs) He's like, he he just, for whatever reason,
0: thinks I've never seen it. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a really good movie. Um, Honorable mentions I have here for drama, Revolutionary Road, tough, tough watch, but uh, if you can get through it once, it's a one and done, you don't need to watch it twice, but Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet are both fantastic in this movie. Uh, Benjamin Button, we already talked about that one. Hurt Locker, another one we talked about. Gran Torino. Here's um, one we haven't talked about Seven Pounds. I don't know if you ever saw that. I haven't it's a Will seen Smith it. movie. Kind of a weird movie. Um, I needed a second watch on it the first time I saw it, but I was young. Um, be interested to watch it now and see what I thought about it. It's a weird There's movie, these... but it's
1: good. So these weird commercials keep coming on. I can't remember where. It might be on YouTube that I've been seeing them where they're clips from movies that, uh, like, one of the movie channels, like HBO or something, is is just, you know, they're putting it on their channel now and saying it's part of their rotation, so they'll play a clip from the movie. Recently, they played a clip from Seven Pounds, and it was, like, a really intense scene, and I was like, hmm, might want to go watch that. Is
0: it, uh, <laughs> is it any of the stuff with Will Smith and Woody Harrelson?
1: No, it's him alone. He's making a phone call. He's saying, I want to report a suicide. Okay. You know and about, yeah. they're like... Uh, Okay, who committed suicide? And he said, "Me." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, all
0: right." Yeah, there's um, there's a scene in there with him and Woody Harrelson that is, it's, it's incredible. It's it's, I think it's actually next to Ali. I think it's Will Smith's best performance in this movie.
1: And I like um, um, Pursuit of Happiness a lot. So that's a, that's a, that's a. That's
0: a yeah, shit, I totally. That. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I'll t- I take that back. I'll put that. I'll put seven pounds at number three. Pursuit of Happiness. One. Two. Uh, animated movie um, of the year. We kind of already talked about that. Wally. Um, yeah. It, it was well, honestly wasn't even close. The only honorable mention I have here was Kung Fu Panda, and I wrote that just to be nice because I. I yeah. know people like that movie.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say that there was anything else that particularly stood out for me.
0: Uh, here's one of my favorite categories, or a category that I think we're gonna have a lot of fun with, and that is guilty pleasure—a um, movie that you know maybe not be is not very popular, or uh, you know you're not very excited about telling people that it's, it's your favorite movie. Uh, number one, I have here a guilty pleasure is the House Bunny.
1: I've never seen it, but I I love her uh what's her name Anna, Anna Ferris. yeah uh, it sh- I, she's hilarious and everything that she's in but that was one of those ones I'm like nah it's not gonna be that's a watch at home and then it just never happened
0: yeah it's it's silly you watch it one time it's funny uh yes man it was a movie you brought up earlier I really like this movie I remember seeing it in the theaters I was obsessed with Jim Carrey as a kid so I would watch him in and that's a rewatch
1: movie for me I've I rewatched that a lot I, I don't think I don't think it falls
0: under the category of um of guilty pleasure. I just I think it's a funny movie. <laughs> uh you don't mess with the Zohan. We talked about that one. That's a guilty pleasure for me. Um we already talked about it. we both like that movie a lot. It's one of the war maligned uh Adam Sandler movies, but just like Spell the Foot,
1: The him and um John John Taturo, right? Mm-hmm. Um the the back and forth in the very beginning where they're like he puts a piranha down his pant, his uh, shorts and it's like you see it horribly CGI running yeah. around in his shorts I'm like come on that's, Dude, that's this funny scene, it's super stupid
0: the scene alone where he's like I'm sorry you're going out of business oh I'm not going out of business that just helps my customers come in that's hilarious uh, yes, that yes. is one of the funniest oh
1: going out of business <laughs> no the phone call oh yeah. my god oh, seven, my, so seven, funny. 7 humpsy <laughs> seven sorts <source> based schools. <laughs> And it right. goes on for like 20 minutes.
0: Uh, I got three more guilty pleasures here. Uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. His, um, I,
1: I think it's just a hilarious
0: movie. Uh, uh, Kevin Smith directed that. He has a great story about that where he said that was the first uh, Seth Rogen movie not to make like X amount of money in the uh-huh. box office. And he's like, I was depressed for two months thinking I had broken Seth Rogen. <laughs> oh,
1: what's his face that's in that? Um...
0: Uh, Yeah, because uh, Silent RJ is in the movie.
1: Yeah, Jason Mewes is in it. But also,
0: oh um... uh, Dante, the the blonde, the the angry one. You talking? Do, do you, no, you talk I'm about talking about the guy from the, the
1: guy that plays the
0: gay porn star? God, oh, I can't oh, think of his name. oh, um, Justin Long. Justin Long. Yeah, hilarious. So funny. That
1: is the be- easily the best character in yeah. that whole
0: movie. Shut your mouth before I fuck you.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm uh, sorry if I'm out of line here, but are you in gay porn? Guilty
0: as judged. So funny. <laughs> uh, two more guilty pleasures, and these are like real deep dives here guilty pleasures uh w which is the george was- George w bush movie they did uh that year with josh brolin uh it's kind of been dragged through the mud for some historical inaccuracies but i don't care josh brolin's widely entertaining. i was gonna say it's probably
1: just entertaining it doesn't yeah. really matter that
0: and he does a great impression yeah. too um and my last guilty pleasure i would be surprised if you saw this i'd be surprised if anyone who listened to this saw this the speed racer movie I, I did love not that movie. See it.
1: But I wasn't a fan of Speed Racer as a kid and I it just didn't seem like something I would be.
0: It is just visually cool. The story yeah. is terrible. I would assume that it would be Yeah. L- and it's from th- the and it Wachowski- cool. It's it- from the Wachowski sisters. Like they yeah. know about visuals and they know about uh about making shit look cool. My god, they did the Matrix. Um yeah, Speed Racer. Uh, I really enjoy that movie. Uh, movies that you haven't seen that. No, no, no. I got, I got oh, Guilty Pleasures. Oh, oh you do? Okay, uh-huh. okay. I've
1: got ones that you probably don't know on your list. I had um, Step Up to the Streets. Mm, no, I've never <laughs> seen that. So, the Step Up series, terrible movies. Was
0: Channing Tatum in that one?
1: Yes. I think. For a brief, he makes a cameo in it. But the Step Up movies aren't movies in the traditional sense. They're dance sequences masquerading as a movie. And if you look at them as just cool dance sequences, they're great. Yeah. They're super entertaining. I'm like, I wish I could dance like that, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, like all of the step up movies, I've, I've probably seen all of them and they're all terrible as far as the storyline's concerned. The acting's terrible, but the dancing, it's dancing.
0: It's cool. <laughs> it's
1: cool. <laughs> um,
0: Oh, man, that is that is truly a guilty pleasure. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one.
1: Never Back Down.
0: Is that the cage fighting movie?
1: That is the MMA fighting movie. Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, the guy that looks like he could be uh, Tom Cruise like 30 years ago.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw it. Is Digimon in that movie? Huh? Digimon, the, the guy, the... It's <laughs> the black actor who's he's in the oh, early yeah. part yeah. of Guardians of the Galaxy. He's the first one who yes. sees Star Lord. He was he was, he's the yeah. guy who trains him, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, I saw that. Um, my uncle Master Barry, Roka. yeah, my uncle Barry in Massachusetts, is obsessed with this movie. He always has it on. It's a super cool movie. Awesome fight yes. scenes.
1: Yes, it's kind of terrible acting, and it's kind of you know poorly written dialogue, but um, it's just entertaining.
0: It it fits into my theory of any good action movie can be described in three sentences or less. This guy wants to beat somebody up, who has wronged him.
1: He's, he's it's,
0: it's just as simple. And there's a check involved. He has
1: anger issues, storied past. There's a girl. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, that's the movie. Yeah. Um. And then the last one is Jumper. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. And that's one of those ones that has such a great, phenomenal concept. And then you've got um, what's his name with the silver hair in it? Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson's in it. And Samuel L. Jackson was kind of like the name to pull it, pretty much. I, I think that. His star power was enough to pull people, into and like, hey, for that. look, Anakin and something and, else. Yeah, Anakin doing some other thing, and they realistically set it up to have a sequel. But I feel like the execution was poor enough on the film itself that 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 will never happen.
0: I also think that they grossly underestimated how much the internet hated Hayden Christensen. Yes, I mean. And I really like that movie. I think it's super cool. The
1: great. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a kid being able to, like, transport yourself anywhere in the world at any given time? Right?
0: Best idea yeah. ever.
1: It's it's super
0: cool. Super cool. And the visual when he jumps the... I mean, spoiler alert. Uh, but when he jumps the house, that's awesome. That yeah. was so cool. Yeah. Lots of awesome visuals in that movie. Yeah. Um, Movies you haven't seen that you want to see from that year, uh, Quantum Solace is one that I have here, and um, The Boy in the Striped PJs, which I think, just writing it down as PJs seems a little disrespectful, <laughs> since I know it's about... Pajamas. Uh, yeah, I know it's about a little boy in a Nazi prison. IP Man and the Changeling, I know I said that wrong, but it's an Angelina Jolie movie where uh, her kid is missing, and the FBI tries to pass this imposter kid off as her kid. Angelina Jolie was nominated for the movie.
1: I want to say I saw this in theaters, because this sounds really familiar.
0: I remembered it. Yeah, no, I did see
1: this in theaters.
0: I remembered it when I read the when I read the bio line. I was like, yeah, I remember seeing. I don't remember hearing about that, but it wasn't something that would spark my interest at oh. the time. But I, now I was like,
1: I want to see that shit. It was super freaky. Sorry about that. No, you're good um no yeah that movie was definitely super freaky uh that one and a movie that is actually pretty similar to that was and i can't remember the name of it or what year it came in but it was around the same maybe within a five-year span of that there was a movie where um all these kids are just like getting disappearing and and everyone like doesn't remember their kids but one of like the main character Mm. remembers her kid and then like starts going to people and telling them and all that and then like they they start chasing them down and it like it's like people get sucked up like in the in the trailer somebody gets sucked up into the sky like randomly like that movie was very similar to how that other movie is yeah Uh, freaky
0: yeah Get somebody's, uh, take somebody's kids away from that. That's a pretty setup. That's a setup for a pretty solid movie.
1: <laughs> I mean, how many people can relate to that and, and, and feel uh, a, a certain way about that?
0: I know it's a movie that you and I have talked about before the the Hugh Jackman movie where he's going out and looking for his kid. We remember oh, that prisoners. one, Prisoners. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, yeah. that one's nuts. That was
1: one of those ones that went under the radar for me, and I hadn't, hadn't seen it. And then I was on Reddit one day, and people were asking about, like, you know, what's the best movies you've seen, or blah, blah, blah. And Prisoners kept coming up. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And I downloaded it and watched it, not even seeing a single trailer for it, for it and it just blew my mind. And Paul Dano
0: in it is just insane. Like So good. He's... Uh, He's he's the best. He's he really is one of the best. Um, did you have any uh, movies that from this year that you haven't seen that you wanted to? Brand Torino, definitely. Oh, yeah, I have to talk yeah, about it. That's
1: that's been on my list for quite some time. It's just not. It's
0: just not one of those ones that I've watched. Yeah, you definitely have to check that out. It's an awesome movie. Uh, so we'll move on to trends from the year. We're getting on to towards the end of the episode here. Uh, Trends from the year, I think the trend is pretty obvious, and I think we talked about it uh, a couple times here. The beginning of not just the MCU, but uh, the whole start of the superhero explosion.
1: So you you had talked about that, but another thing that I noticed about 2008 that I didn't notice at the time, like the trends that were happening, it it often happens with movies, you don't notice it, because the studios kind of time these things to come out around each other, and you notice that, like, there's, there'll be a movie that's, like, oh, this is exactly like so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so they did this thing where a lot of comedies came out that are, like, irreverent comedies. And they're, like, these, like, taboo subjects. Mm-hmm. Or they'll they'll talk – like, forgetting Sarah Marshall is just, like, they, they were kind of raunchy and, like, you know, it was – Full frontal male nudity, and like you know, yeah. there are certain things in there that were yeah, like the whole sex ah, scene where it's ah. like
0: a performance thing, you know, that was out there, and then stuff
1: with um, Tropic Thunder and um, in Bruges. I was telling you about very dark comedy, and it, it was just like tons of movies that had come out that were that I didn't realize all came out this year that I still watched it today to until today. Um, Zack and Mary make a porno, Pineapple Express. I mean, a movie about making a porn to. Settle your debts in a movie about you know a special train of drugs that's going to get you killed by a drug dealer like yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, no it's a great point, I mean it was definitely out there you don't um you don't see as many movies like that, usually you get one sausage party or you get one like what was the movie they made this past year with the with the little kids, the Seth Rogan movie, oh, yeah, 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 you usually get one of um, those
1: good boys, yeah good Boys.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: the other thing. That I noticed th- that was a trend for this year was terrible parody movies.
0: Mm, yeah, I think superhero movie was in this year, um, or something like Meet that.
1: The Browns. Um, I can't remember the entire list of them, but there were about disaster movie. Uh, I think was date movie this year.
0: Yeah, date movie. That's what the, that was the one that I saw. Date movie. Date movie was in so, the list. It,
1: there was a ton of like these. Crap! Parody movies.
0: God, do you remember when that was a thing? And I
1: think that they were trying to get the t- bite off of the fame and success of scary movies. Yeah, this, totally. Scary movie did it right, and then continuing on with the the, the series, they kind of knew what they had, so they kind of played hard into the ridiculousness of that. This is even successful, and then they come out with these movies that are like, oh, we can make fun of the whole date movie
0: genre. Also, like, just think about the time period that Scary Movie came out. You just going to the movies was different. You we went to the movies more often then. Like you're not gonna spend ten dollars or more than ten dollars to go see date movie you know like I'm gonna spend ten dollars to go see people make fun of shit that I don't even really like
1: you know like to to make jokes about movies that I haven't even seen yeah exactly (laughs) it's strange I
0: remember thinking the same thing remember when they were making all those movies where it's like Mother's Day Father's Day Valentine's Day (laughs) MLK Day like it's like every holiday day and it was like Bradley Cooper and Matthew McConaughey were in all of them like this spring Arbor Day can't wear white after whatever day <laughs> yeah that's funny that whole trend just died like the parody movie i remember going to the theaters probably was around this time and seeing a parody it was like a sports movie parody and yeah thinking it was actually pretty funny when i was just a kid so yeah final thoughts on the year since uh it was surprisingly been for a, long time. a
1: better year. When you mentioned 2008, I was like, I don't really remember a whole lot of stuff coming out that year, but for comedy, like for me, all the comedies that came out were just absolutely awesome. And then just entertaining movies. Like it, there were some really great movies that came out, but it wasn't like a banger year for me, but like movies that I rewatch movies that I have put on as background noise and like, Kind of like, oh yeah, 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 I like that.
0: Yeah, no, I think you make a great point there. There's not a lot of movies here where you're gonna like lock that away in the Smithsonian right now. Yeah. Like I think Dark Knight, I'll put Iron Man in there just because what it means to yeah. But there's not a lot of movies that you're, you know, lock that away right now. There's some other years we're gonna talk about on this show where like I know there's one year where there will be blood and no country for old men came in out in the, the same, same year. year yeah and how like, do you split that up <laughs> yeah so like so it's not it's not one of those years but you look at it if you imbd had a great thing and it helped me with my research a lot where it said most popular movies right from that year mm-hmm. and it was just going through it And it's like that's a good movie that was an entertaining movie. So you're right. It's a lot of entertaining movies. And I think that's probably going to be a theme moving forward with the show where it's like you pick a year and it's like, oh, I forgot that movie came out that year because you don't think about because you're
1: comparing it to the other movies that came out that year. And you're like, I remember that year for this.
0: Exactly. And how often do you really associate a year with a movie? I mean, I, I think that was more of a thing that happened when you went to the movies. And that's, how the only the time only, you saw movies yes. you know like how often did you have a movie collection back in the of, 80s yeah. of home
1: video and then like streaming services Like exactly completely killed the idea of like oh i've seen that came out in this year
0: yeah and i saw that at that theater or whatever yeah. so yeah but i think the real final thought for me on this year is this is where it all started for me like we are here doing this right now in large part because of this year and my obsession with The Dark Knight. You know, I spent years after that movie came out watching that movie and pausing it and then running over to the uh, mirror in my room and trying to, like, recreate the Joker's face or his, like, tone and scenes. Like, I, he, that character and his portrayal of that character just grabbed me so much. It really... I didn't... I still wanted to be a professional athlete at this point, but that planted the seed of, hey, maybe one day you could be an actor. And yeah. later on, it blossomed into, yeah, that's what I want to do. So, you know, The Dark Knight and uh, really the Iron Man movie too because I remember seeing that movie in the theaters with my dad and just, like, it was so cool. And, you know, just this year is where it all started. I don't think we'd be doing this here if it wasn't for uh, 2008. I don't think that was
1: the year that completely got me going, like, as far as the filmmaking is concerned. But looking back on the year that was <laughs> there's definitely some movies that have influenced my way of thinking about movies and my way of of writing and and f- just filmmaking in general so yeah
0: fantastic year for movies i think that's the best way to end it i want to thank you guys for sticking around a debut episode of collab digital's brand new podcast the year was the year was 2008 and it was a damn good one we'll see you next time see you next time